0: download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now
1: welcome to the money Vikings podcast where we conquer financial freedom Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing and personal finance. The Money Vikings podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are the Money Vikings. Oh, I love our new intro. Welcome to the Money Vikings podcast number 26, everybody. Join us as we explore the book, The Money Game, and the GameStop short squeeze situation. See the common word here, hint, hint, it's all a game. But what do we do now? Bob, Jerry, you there? Hey. <laughs> That's <laughs> great, <History>. man. <laughs> Ooh, that I mean, guys, let's, let's face it, the biggest story of the week is that ben and jerry's ice cream fish food is going vegan but the what? ceo said it's not healthy <laughs>
0: <laughs> i heard that i heard that. Oh.
1: that that actually is news but that's not what we're going to talk about today because uh a little weird thing happened in the markets that uh mm. blew everyone's minds bob mm-hmm. uh basically uh you guys are you guys are more the experts than i am but uh, a group of redditor robin hood traders Stuck it to a hedge fund that was shorting GameStop, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but then the weird thing, Robin Hood became the sheriff of Nottingham (laughs) and uh, started regulating the trades. Uh, And the name quickly
2: changed to Robin Hood. So, uh... so Bob
1: here, maybe maybe you can lay out for us kind of some of the background of what happened. And for me at the end of the day, and this is a theme that I want to go back to as we go through our show today, is that there's a huge difference between trading and investing. Trading is not investing. Right, right. right, So what the hell happened?
2: uh, Okay. So... I think so. We all we all know that there is this dark side to the stock market, right? And there there are kind of shady ways that um, hedge funds go about making money, and they like to have this perspective that the everyday investor or trader doesn't know what they're doing, especially with the kind of introduction of Robinhood and these applications, right? Um, so there's kind of been this resentment there, and. You will hear all the time on stuff like CNBC and whatnot that, you know, people on Robinhood got to be careful. They're going to, they're going to go bankrupt. And it's kind of this enticement to try to make people feel like, you know, we still need to rely on these hedge funds and these brokerages to do the trading for us. And there's something wrong with that. I mean, that's fine. But there are some people that feel like I can manage this better than a hedge fund. I want to manage my money. Right. So that's the, the intro into this is that. So people have. It's a populist movement. It is populist movement, but you, but you, there are people who are genuinely intelligent enough to put the pieces of the puzzle together out there, right? There are people who know numbers and figures, and uh, they can see, especially with this transparency, when somebody is shorting a stock, right? They see that okay, there's the float. These are the 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 public. These are these are the shares being traded, and when you do these breakdowns of how many shares were shorted, right. Then when they break it down further to see, so in GameStop's case, it was being shorted over 200%, which means if there's naked shorts, those are people who didn't actually genuinely borrow a share of the stock, but they went and sold it on the market and artificially made it look like people were selling the stock off even though shares weren't actually exchanging hands that then forces the price of the stock to just dive. Then those people that are trying to artificially sell, come back in when that stock is just tanking and they buy it. But in the meantime, they're hedging, they are, they're placing puts, they're doing options on it saying, I bet you, this is going to go down to this price point. And as it's doing that, they're making money. Now, in this case, you had uh, Marvin Capital, who was decided to open their big mouth and be very public about how they were short on um, on GameStop, and these people in the background, this you know Wall Street bets. Some guy was very smart, put it all together and laid it out, and said, "Hey." Um, This is what Marvel Capital's position is. This is how much of the float. This is how short they are. This, um, you know, they have an earnings call coming up. We know that there's going to be positive information regardless of if we do something or not. He says, he clearly lays it out. Whether if we do something or not, this thing's going to take off and skyrocket. So do you want to be on board or, or not? And so he said, if X number of us, go in and buy share buy options so if we buy options on this expiration date the shares have to be available to fill those options and they had enough people to jump on board to do that so what that then caused was marvin capital or all the people who were short it caused them to have to cover their ass they then had to start buying up shares to be actual share owners of a share to cover those options. If they were to be in the money, do you have to have that available to exchange? So.
1: So let me ask a question. So these so these Redditors, I mean, they, they basically just were able to suck millions of dollars out of the hedge right. funds.
2: And, and, and the uh, reality okay. is they they were able to flip the script on the hedge funds, exposing them at their game. And so, hmm. You talk, it, the thing me personally, like in my case, what drives me crazy about it is that you have the media, you know, these the CNBC, these, these commentaries that are trying to say that um, what the Wall Street bets, what the Reddit community, what the, the retail investors are doing is they're gonna go bankrupt. They're doing, they're manipulating. And it's like, no, no, no. no. They exposed a manipulation. And they unfortunately had to do that by putting it out there and say, Hey, this stock's going to go up if you're on board or not.
1: Okay. Let me ask you guys. So c- you think they can do it again?
2: Here's so here's the, here's.
1: Cause now that it's all been, now that this all happened right. and everyone in the world is now paying attention to it and you know, I'm, I'm seeing the zeitgeist here of like, people are like, yeah, you know, like lo- people love to stick it to elites.
2: Like we got, so you know, this is where it gets very common human right, thing. But this is, this is but... where it gets very sticky and messy is that there's more layers to this. Right. Um, so when Robin hood and a bunch of these other platforms decided to stop trading, right. Of the stock, um, there's a big problem. So, if you look at Robinhood, there um, they have a disclosure document with the SEC, SEC showing the channels that the um, shares go through when being placed between Robinhood and hitting the market. So Citadel, um, roughly manages about sixty percent anywhere from 55 to 65% of those transactions. So you and I, if we go in there and we are placing orders to buy stocks or buy options, that order has 60 something percent chance of being routed over to Citadel before it gets processed to go to the market to buy. Part of this is also Citadel has an algorithm in place. To assess process flow and see if there's a trend, because they then will go in and actually do investments based off of that and either get on the, on the bandwagon or try to short a stock and, and make them worthless. There's a, there's a control, there's a check marketplace. This goes further because Citadel is also responsible for helping fund uh, Marvin Capital, right? This is a relationship. This boiled over because Marvin Capital overextended themselves 200% on shorting a stock um, or, or in that in that chunk of 200%, where they in the first few days were down 30% of their like 16 billion, whatever it is. As it continued, numbers weren't disclosed, but it was figured like, hey, they're down probably 10, 15% or 15 billion. They had to get a loan essentially from citadel and from things like 0.72 or whatever it is is another firm that's the cohen one right so they're all buddy buddy looking out for each other because they all have a relationship together and it's a big massive web this is the reason why these platforms shut down because the reality is there is a vested interest for them to to essentially do the bidding of Citadel Farm and Capital 0.72 because there's money that they're paid to to do that.
1: So Jerry, Bob's like the private investigator <laughs> in his basement <laughs> straight with all the strings right? he saw, oh, dude, <laughs> a, a room full of crazy walls. And it it all goes to like I found Jimmy Hoffa. I <laughs>
2: found Jimmy Hoffa in yeah. Putin. It goes, goes to Putin. Putin if you draw yeah. it up. Kim Jong is all about it. it. <laughs> it, is, it is.
1: I, I don't know. I time I, time. I don't know what to think, guys. Honestly, I I am. I've kind of been like my head's been spinning with the whole thing because I can see arguments on both sides. Um, but you know, again, that's why I like to go back to. There's a big difference between trading and right. investing. This is not investing. Not. This is tr- this is right. trading. Okay, right. which has its place, which we talk about, uh, and can have its place for the average person like us. Um, I don't know, Jerry, what do you think? The concern that I
0: have is when this, this sort of, uh, call it what you will market manipulation or getting other, uh, you know, getting the Reddit army involved when, when they can start impacting the market, we don't really know what scale they can impact it. I mean, we're starting to see, and I'm not sure if this is the early innings and there's lots more targets, Right. Other other stocks that are on the, the short list, no pun intended. Or um if if uh y- you know regulation's coming to to maybe slow this type of thing down or or stop it altogether. I personally I I, I don't think regulation more regulation is the answer. I think we need less regulation. Um but <laughs> I mean, I do th- – there's a bunch of things that you said, Bob, and, and some things that I wanted to uh, to maybe dive in a little deeper yeah. on. So Robin Hood uh, is kind of an interesting uh, party that is involved in all this in, in right. some way. Um, they typically – I mean, they're kind of famous, Robin Hood, initially, because it was uh, – no commission trading, right? Right, right. And that got lots of people excited and involved. And look, I like can like day trade and I'm not causing it. I'm not uh, paying any fees for this and that. But kind of the the other side of it is that you sort of are. And what, what I heard is that Robinhood does things that other uh, brokers, larger brokers, you know, TD Ameritrade and uh, Fidelity and Vanguard and E Trade, maybe they don't all do this practice, but Robinhood does payment. Accepts payment for order flow. Yep, and so that's kind of one of the ways they make their money. And right. so when this all happened, there there are uh, their theories that uh, maybe Robinhood's partners that do the settlements. I think you said Citadel and maybe a few others. Uh, they they didn't they couldn't handle all of the uh, the traffic coming, and they didn't uh, they didn't want any more transactions coming their way. So they maybe either told Robinhood to uh, slow it down or shut it down. And and, and this kind of gets to another thing that we didn't really talk about is when Robinhood stopped the ability for traders to, uh, to buy or sell uh, some of these stocks, which is very weird. But at the same time, I think things like this do happen and there's, there's other stocks that have been halted for, for years and years. So this is maybe not a new thing, but I think the way it was, uh, presented in the way it sort of got out into the press makes it look like uh maybe Robinhood is not able to make any money uh if they're uh, if they can't uh be paid for the orders that are coming in and then the other area is liquidity and honestly i don't have all the background maybe bob you know more than i do about it but it seems like they didn't have enough money to keep funding these these shorts and and uh a lot of uh, brokerages all the time they change their uh their, their margin requirements uh, so people uh, so they can cover their risk because uh, right. it, it gets to a certain point where they don't have the cash on hand to cover the uh, the, the risk that all of their uh, traders are, are taking yeah but you know
1: Jerry, there's some good thoughts, and I, we were talking about earlier about this and how you, you, know, you brought up a really good point that not all uh, shorts are trying to destroy a company. Right. I mean, you know, that's not necessarily an evil thing. And then and and not all not hedge, hedge funds aren't inherently evil. Um I think those discussions get lost in the media circus of all this, you know. Um and it's and it's just ironic that there's a company called Robinhood involved. <laughs> this is here's
2: the thing about it is the head head um shorting is a is kind of a necessary mechanism, right? And, and that's what I'm. Don't, don't get me wrong in my comments that um, shorting is bad. I think when you overshort a stock, right, that that's where the the big problem that happens. Is, is that you shouldn't be able to short a company more than a hundred percent of its shares available. That's shouldn't be right. You shouldn't be able to do that. And that is I think the bigger picture, like the bigger issue is that, you know, when you talk about Jerry, like regulation stuff is, I can see your your point. However, the SEC has never fully posted or completed its guidelines and rules around shorting stocks. It's an open ended um, guideline. And they need to clearly say, you we were not allowed to short a company more than its float. Like that should not be allowed. Um, th- I, I think that's kind of what I see as being the bigger issue. Is that, um, Marvin Capital put many. It, it, it extends beyond Robinhood, right? It, but I think the first the one that's was with the most was probably Robinhood. Um, as things start to happen, because they're the ones that start to shut down the system first. Um, but I think that um, that is the initial problem that was a catalyst to the bigger issue.
1: Let me tell you guys why I don't think this is gonna, they're gonna be able to pull this off again. And, and I have, any, I can, have not you answered can, you on that you, question yet. I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> no, that's okay, I know, it's okay. That's it's We knew it was gonna be a chaotic yes. show because it's a chaotic right, right, topic, right. so. If we're all over the place, is because we're trying to make sense of something that's pretty crazy. But let me throw this idea out to you guys. I'm going to go to Grandpa yes. Buffett, okay? Uh, Grandpa Warren Buffett, you know, one of our favorite all stars. Um, and from his from from his book, the book by Benjamin Graham, they say the the stock market in the short run, like day to day, is a voting right. machine. Okay, we're all voting by our buys right. and our sells, right. okay, and our holds. And in the long run, it's a weighing machine, meaning that it's weighing return on investment, value, profitability of companies. Okay. So in the long run, it's a weighing machine. In the short term, it's a voting machine. Wasn't the system completely hacked and manipulated? And it, and it did not. My point is this. Didn't the voting machine break? Because we all should have voted against GameStop. GameStop is a company that's going right. nowhere. It's going into the, te- it's going into right. the toilet with AMC. Right. So, shouldn't it? We have all voted for it to die, <laughs> but instead, everybody voted that it was one of the best companies doing right. amazing things, going to be the next here's, Amazon. Here's, okay, so I'll just put my, that out my, there. What do you think?
2: to that, and I, and sorry, Jerry, I don't want to so ahead of you. But do we? I don't think GameStop really could have necessarily one hundred percent reinvented itself, right? Because through history, any company that has lasted the test of time has had to one point in time reinvent themselves in a way. So could GameStop have done a shift or pivot to try to reinvent themselves to be relevant in this current space? Not necessarily just pandemic, but as we go into the future, right? Cloud gaming and and whatnot. Could they have found a way to reinvent themselves and actually be (coughs) actually be valuable? Yeah, I think they absolutely could have but they didn't do it. Right. So that weighs into like, okay, do I vote for, for GameStop? Because I have value just needs to be in a different way. Right? Okay.
1: Let me completely blow Blowing you out of the water. water. Are you ready? I love you. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> ready, ready,
2: Jerry? I'm gonna blow him out of
1: the water. Okay. I get it, Bob. Maybe GameStop could have an epic. Oh, not, okay. Don't, okay. but okay. no, okay. no, but hold on. Wait, no. let me finish. Let me finish. All these Redditors then, the 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 whatever army we're talking about, turned their attention to something called Doggy Coin. Dogecoin. Doge doge okay? doge this coin. is a this is a this is a this is a, <laughs> a cryptocurrency based on a meme, based on a cute dog, based on some guy's dog. And then everyone's like, okay, we're all going into doggy coin. So, I mean, do you guys see what I'm saying? I mean, th- this completely breaks down at some point. And, again, I understand trading is different than, than uh, you know, investing. But then at what point is it just a freaking slot machine?
2: Yeah. God, there's so much, man. So much. I got you. Okay. I got you. I got you. So... <laughs> okay. This is <sighs>
1: – yeah. Am I going to get paid so in dogecoin? coin? So we
2: can go with this. This is what we get. Okay, let's think about this. Let's let's seriously think about this. Um, currency, right? We're we're talking about back many yonder ago. It was wampum, right? The, the Indians using shells. Are you are oh, going into oh, what man, is money? Like, no, 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 no. Jeez, no. stop it. Okay, let's, no, okay no, 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 Jerry, listen. this this is definitely
1: going <laughs> off the rails. I, I want to explain. I'm not talking about. I don't. I'm not. Oh well. Outside but uh, it's appropriate. It's I appropriate. Think of, I'm th- okay. Go ahead.
2: Cur- currency at one Go ahead, point Bob. was an exchange yeah. of like, essentially like a barter system, whatever you sell valuable. Okay. We, right. I've uh, got a cow, right. You've got a so pig. We move in paper currency. Okay. We have a crash in the market. We need something to back the dollar. We have the gold standard. Um, you know, there's these things, these tangible things that essentially in a way are like a bartering system are there. However, over time, we have slowly diminished and depleted our gold reserve through exchange with other nations or using it for space programs because we discovered that gold is highly conductive, right? So we don't have the gold to back the dollar that we used to. And when we're moving into a yeah. day, a technologically advanced day and age, where technology is rapidly changing the direction of where we go. It also is another way where we need to reapproach and revisit and look at our currency and the, the backing behind it. So I don't yeah, think I get all that but, horrible,
1: but, but but Bob, no, no, no,
2: th- I'm all, I'm all I'm, for crypto and right, Bitcoin coin coin to you. So now yeah. to your thing with Dogecoin is that okay coin Yes, it started off a meme and a joke. However, the name stuck and the guy that created it reworked it and actually made it into something where it's kind of this it is a dem- democratic okay. currency I- system.
1: I didn't realize yeah. this when we when we meet with alien what species do do and we're explaining our culture to them, and they're like, "Why do <laughs> you have a dog on your <laughs> cryptocurrency?" We can go uh, through this elaborate thing. I uh, guess. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, but my my point my point is this: it's it, it's just like at the end of the day, isn't it just a big Ponzi scheme because? This group of Redditors, they're all going in on one thing. They're shooting it up high. And then a bunch of them are going to pull out and become millionaires. But then aren't there a bunch of people left holding the bag? And it's not always just going to be yeah. a hedge fund.
2: And, and, and that's the – yeah, that's the – Okay. And to, finally, right. to finally answer your Fair answer enough. comment, I, trust me. Hey, I, I believe in this, like with, you know, retail investors should be able to comfortably control the decisions they make. And not feel like somebody's trying to take advantage of them or cheat them or get ahead of them, right? I totally agree mm-hmm. with that, and I think that's what we should do. However, yes, there, there is a realist, there's a real thing here that they need to understand. How long is this going to go for, right? The, you know, we have a system that's weighted against us. How long is this going to go for? Eventually, the castle will fall. And it's going to be sad because, yeah, there there will be people I trust me. I've been on this Reddit page and I see people, you know, a guy made a comment saying I took my dad's life savings and put it into this. And it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred thousand dollars. And it was like, I want to say it was like maybe around $100 a share at the time. That's great. He's doing great. I hope he actually pulls out of that and has made a difference in his father's life because he took his dad's life savings and made a difference. Right. I get it. I I, get it. I would hope that he doesn't say I took my dad's life savings YOLO. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Diamond hands. You know, how many, yeah.
1: How many, how many thousands, how many thousands do that kind of stuff and lose it all? I mean, that's the other thing because, because of of a media circus and really my point is just, yeah, be careful. I mean, and, and then that's why I keep going back to this, know the difference between trading and investing. If you're doing this stuff, you're not investing. Right. You're trading, and 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 if you can if you can stomach that yeah. risk, you know that's fine. Risk. I don't. What do you guys think about this? One one theory I read about a lot of this is that you know everybody has now a cell phone in their hand, basically free trading platforms, and they're stuck yep. at home. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're right. bored,
0: right? And they're uh, they're looking for things to do. And uh, <laughs> this is <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. It's a game. It's a video game. It's a game. That's I mean that's reality. What it is. This, I, I, yeah.
0: This I don't even know if this is about uh, you know trading versus investing. This isn't trading to me. This almost seems like it's a statement, like a statement, right? This almost seems like gambling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of it's just strange. I think, and it surprised me that this hasn't happened earlier, and it's not about fundamentals. Yeah, it's not at all. This is, you know, GameStop or uh, AMC. It's clearly not about fundamentals. It's about the fact that a group of uh, folks uh, that 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 were on Reddit were able to uh, to make some sort of impact, and they're identifying ways that they can they can manipulate the price of these entities. They're trying it with uh, with silver right now. I'm watching silver live on futures at. 5.04 504 p.m. Pacific on January 31st it just popped up the futures uh, a few percent it's coming back down it's, it's pretty volatile but they can they can sort of target these different um, underlyings and 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 have some sort of impact on them if they want and it's it's a little scary I mean I, it's a little scary for someone that's just going long long-term investing it's like Right. you wonder kind of what sort of impact this could have if they if they decide to uh you know pull their uh war chest together and uh you know attack you know whatever they whatever they want there's probably some that are ridiculously uh uh large that they couldn't do anything with but you know i'm not sure i th- i sort of think this is the early innings of what's going on and uh there could be there could be more more turbulence more volatility in the market because of this.
1: You know, Jerry, once again, you and Bob blew my mind and I just came to this epiphany. So much of our show, we just go with the flow and like have this conversation. But I think you guys both actually just like synergize something for me in my mind about this. This this was not trading, and it actually was not investing. It was neither. It was actually like a political movement, there, if yeah. that makes any sense. It was almost like a yeah. There's st- there's, there's like a, a lot statement. of um,
0: there's a lot of narratives going around for this. There, there's like a this is like an electronic mm-hmm. Occupy Wall Street and stick it to the man. You know, mm-hmm. let me let me just kind of summarize. I have some uh, some thoughts, and I'll just kind of go through them real quick. And, and you know, it's related to what you just said, Greg. But uh, yeah, let let me just kind of summarize where I'm. How I'm viewing this, and, and we can discuss too uh, some of these points. One one is you know shorting stocks and hedge funds are not evil, as you were saying earlier. Um, you know some many hedge funds are long stocks too. It's not all hedge funds are short stocks and want to see the companies burn down. Okay. The the hedge funds manage things like pensions that you know our mothers might be receiving, teachers are receiving, postal workers are receiving. So the idea that you know just the head hedge funds are getting rich and sticking it to all the uh the stupid retail traders, that's I, I don't know that I completely buy that narrative. I think everybody mm-hmm. is affected a little bit somehow. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's interesting too is that in Robinhood you can Robinhood traders can short stocks too. So it's it's not as if Robinhood traders, retail investors—they yeah. only go long; they never go short. I mean, you buy a put, you're going right. short. It's yeah. very right. easy to right. do on Robinhood. Right. So yep. just just know that there's there's a little bit more yeah. uh, complexity Absolutely. to the story. Um, the other thing is that people that go short—you know—you you can go short for many reasons. It's not necessarily that you want to see the company burn to the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. You might be a market maker, and if you're if you're, uh, if you're selling somebody or, or if you're, if you're uh, buying an option from somebody, you might have to short the stock to hedge your delta so you don't have that exposure. And that's part of what may be uh, uh, making this problem worse and making, making the, the stock go up in the short squeeze. But there's people, their jobs are to balance portfolios all day long. And and some of them are just doing it for hedges. They're not doing it because they want to see the company burn down. Others, they just, you know, they have an instinct or a gut feeling that, uh, you know, there's going to be a bad earnings report. So they want to make money off that. And so they, they, they go short on the stock. But other people are just uh, maybe protecting their assets. They know that, uh, you know, there's going to be some volatility over the next few months. So they want to have a counter position and they're willing to pay for that insurance policy. Uh, to make sure right. that they don't lose more money than they're comfortable with learning with, with losing. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. I, I see I, hey, you are, Jerry, you are
2: a, uh, gentleman, yeah, a scholar. Wow. Absolutely. I, did. I love it. <laughs> no, but I, you, really you, 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 I really do. I really love you bring, the way you summarize that. Points. I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. you, you bring very good points and I will, I'll say that, um, I, I, Jim Cramer did the there was this video that's kind of come to the surface uh, that he did some years back about um, kind of how hedge funds essentially uh, manipulate a stock, how they go about shorting a stock, the tactics that they use, right? So if all three of us are here in this podcast and we make a comment about a stock that we're short, right? very Very popular popular popular. podcast Sweden is going nuts. so um so let's say let's say Luminar right Luminar um because me being a microvision fanboy right and I know the quality of the, the microvision product over the Luminar product but then I say money Vikings are short on Luminar and xyz they had a bad earnings. And, and by the way, we don't give financial advice here on this guys for um, uh, our investment advice for just mm-hmm. so just we just just, just
1: letting, letting you listen into our conversations.
2: It. So if I were to say, you know, hey, you know, Craig and Jerry, this is why I'm short on it. You guys start agreeing to that. And then we send that out to the community. We send that out in the world saying, hey, this is why the money Vikings are you know, short on a stock, why they don't think it's gonna be successful. And then we have this popular following that we do and people say, hey, Money Vikings, they don't think this is gonna be good for Luminar. Um, We should start selling their shares. Then on the back end of that, Money Vikings is actually, we're in the background buying a bunch of puts on this thing because we know that we have such an influence that that stock is going to crash. That we are intentionally buying puts and actually reaping the profits from it.
1: I mean, is this basically what this well, Reddit this, group no, did?
2: This is basically actually is, what. Or is, is you saying this is what hedge funds do? Funds this is what do. Marvin Capital did. Marvin okay. Capital went okay. out publicly right. and said that they were short on GameStop. That they gave some fluffy numbers that actually didn't add up. And were pulled out of thin air, saying why they were short on GameStop and to lose value. In the background, they're placing puts on the on the company, right for profitability. I think who was the guy mm-hmm. that did it on the mm-hmm. uh, it was like the Hilton or something like that uh, hotels in, before the kind of recession hit. Um, Don't some know. guy I can't remember his name. Uh,
1: I mean, I heard of some politicians right. that no, sold there. Was, their there were some hedge, <laughs> portfolios some hedge when they got inside th- information and.
2: You know how and in the background they're buying puts. You made billions off of it, right? So the group the Reddit group did was there was good news that was gonna come out on an earnings call or a, a PR statement from GameStop on something and he was saying this thing's gonna take off whether you're on board or not. Here's some details though that will prevent the shorts from keeping this down. So jump on board or you're going to miss it. And that's really what it was. He put the statement out there and it wasn't necessarily like what hedge funds do, where they intentionally have this agenda of going out there, spreading the word, and then behind the scenes, they're positioning to maximize on this downfall. So Hmm. uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's It's a...
1: yeah. No, it's, it's, it, 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 there's a lot going on here and it's, it's very cool to like, think about right. how it's all coming together. And like, it's just, it's just all these things. Like it's, it's a statement. It's right. like new technological platforms. It's people lo- locked at home. Some people probably, like you said, yeah. trying to take their life savings <laughs> and make it into something significant, you know? Hey, let's, let's take a quick, uh a quick break. And we're going to come back and talk about a book called the money game and I am going to blow your guys' mind because this book written in the 60s has way more to do with what we are talking about than you would imagine. So you'll see what I mean in a minute. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so, guys, uh, we started out, we were going to do this podcast. This is going to be our first book club, right? We were reading our favorite <laughs> or, or money book, books about investing and finance. And then all this, like, GameStop, uh, you know, Reddit uh, army debacle went down and we're like, well, we have to talk about this because it would be a little bit that and Ben and Jerry's ice cream, uh, going vegan. We had to talk about the two big <laughs> it's, it's just, not
0: Bernie's know, gloves, news stories of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> Those were some very
1: cozy, uh, gloves the, the that, are that are Bernie was wearing there right at the inauguration. <laughs> I love it. So, so here's the deal, guys. I want to, I want to share this book with you. But I want, as I go through some of the highlights, and the point here is that nobody has a lot of time to read. (laughs) So, um, why, why we want to do this is we wanted to bring our audience, you know, the essence of these books so you can like get the point of them without having to read them if you don't have time. But the book, I got the idea from Warren Buffett, Grandpa Buffett. Uh, it's called The Money Game and it's by a pseudonym, uh, named Adam Smith. So Adam Smith, obviously like the father of modern economics. Um, uh, the real author's name is George Goodman, but anyway, uh, the bottom line is I want to get into some of the highlights of this book because it's so, it so connects to GameStop and what we talked about and trading and the markets as being like a big game. Uh, and that's kind of the whole, the whole point of this. So one of the, one of the, so one of the things this guy kind of starts out with is his, listen, the, the game of professional investing can be extremely boring. I mean you just basically keep buying shares <laughs> of great companies. And so um you know people do things like what happened last <laughs> week I think to mix it up <laughs> right, right. and make a lot more money I guess. Um and to and to and to stress test the system in some weird way. Um but but if it is a game then he asks ourselves we have to relieve ourselves of the heavy emotions and in fact we must get control or management of our emotions. Um You know, and and this is something that Jerry. I'll mention this. This came out in the book too. Jerry mentioned this when he was trying to say his thing about how not all hedge funds are evil. So setting this up as like a David versus Goliath, um, you know, sort of uh, face off in the media is interesting. It's an interesting trope, but you know, this book points out that everyone in some way is invested in the stock market, pensions, four hundred one ks. Okay. Massive amounts of the population. Most people don't own individual shares, but if, if a person gets a pension or has a 401k, uh, or like Jerry was saying, mm. teachers, firefighters and et cetera. I mean, that money is yes. being invested right. in markets, right. uh, and, and in companies. Um, and so what this, and the, you guys are going to love this. One of the things this, mind you, this book is from the sixties. Okay. So it's amazing. That it still applies in the year two two thousand twenty one, um, he says that the gambling instinct is what makes <laughs> investing yeah. not boring. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> because otherwise, hmm. I mean, I mean, and I, you know, Bob, you're a good example of this because mm-hmm. you do a lot of trading, okay. But then you you <laughs> have I yeah I think you have a 401k <laughs> that I think you don't even ever look at I, I don't uh, even think you've I ever told looked you, at I,
2: I shifted I shifted my <laughs> and I shifted position <laughs> right I've changed up my my composition but but to your point I okay. don't ever look at it because I don't want to even think that that money's there until I retire right I'm letting it do what it's
1: okay and 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 you're brilliant to do that because Richard Thaler one of my favorite behavioral economists. All of his investing he's ever done is the, is your (laughs) ignoring boring way. And he says it's worked out very well for him. (laughs) He calls it, he calls it his lazy way because he doesn't want to think about it. But he said, my, my lazy way of investing
0: has done very well for me. It's interesting because as I've learned more and more about trading over the past three years, um, I think some of the things that I've picked up In the shorter term portfolio, I'm starting to apply to the longer term portfolio in terms of positioning. And, but I think it's a little bit irresponsible when you hear experts say, don't even look at your 401k. Don't open up the webpage. Don't look at it. Don't look at the statements. It's going to drive you crazy. I think we should have some sort of control and understanding about what's going on Mm -hmm. macro view and be able to, you know, shift those funds to, uh, you know, different leading areas of the market if we, if we so desire, but if that's not our Mm -hmm. uh, investing style, that's, that's okay. But I I don't think like, I I just don't think it's the best idea to ignore it completely and And forget about it. I will
2: say,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jerry, as long as it's not, I'm with you. uh, And I do do some, some higher level shifting like you're talking about. Um, But I would just say, That I think for the average person, I think it has to have some friction and it shouldn't be gamified like Robin Hood. Now I'm an avid user of Robin Hood, but I'll admit I mean that is like crack. Okay. (laughs) I've never tried crack, but (laughs) but from what I've heard. Oh it's
0: much better than Robin Hood. It's much better than Robinhood. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's Okay. But Robinhood is very addictive as we, I think it's, I think that's going to have its own issues. I mean, it's, it's the Facebook of investing and listen, it's coming from a guy that likes it. I like Robinhood. I like the way it looks. I love swiping, you know, but I should not be doing that to that degree. And I know you're not saying that I shouldn't be doing that to that degree with my like long-term what I need to live on in the future money. Um, but I, d- I do agree with you that people should, I don't like this concept of don't ever look at it. I mean, right. because yeah. that's also I, recipe I, for the Let me
2: say this though. I, I mean, Jerry, your point, I, so. and I do say in jest that I don't look at it, right? Because yes, I, you're a hundred percent correct. Is that the the, the market, um, if you're not proactively being part of that conversation or being aware of where your your um your you know your portfolio sits um would be kind of disabling yourself for retirement and i think a long-term investor need to be aware and cognizant of what and the control to shift it right and yeah and I have, and I, I did shift it, and I'm actually going to be doing that again here in the next few weeks because um, there's a lot of indicators to me um, that I feel we are going to see a downturn in the economy, and I want to make sure I appropriately position myself to hedge and not... Uh, um,
1: you want some insurance. Yeah. You want to hedge, right. yeah. You want to be prepared right. to take and the so, blow. May I that's ask what you what think you're...
0: Is what you're going to do, like yeah. more bond exposure. I think or, I'll probably
2: do some bond exposure. I want to look, I may go over to some sort of foreign market, um, like a T Price road something. I have a feeling that when the American economy starts to go down, we're going to have, um, there's going to be actually buying opportunity for foreign market on in the American market and to have more ownership of companies. So, um, yeah, I'll probably get some T row price, probably do bonds. Um, and whatnot.
1: Hmm. Um, this one, this one's really gonna blow your mind. You guys, are you ready? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just because what I'm loving right now is how this is relevant. Is relevant. 67 is exactly talk. It's relevant right now with what's going on. It said, it said the, the stock market is the greatest gambling enterprise not touched by organized crime mm, because it works I too think well. So I, I, <laughs> I do okay, agree with
2: that. and I and it, it will it will go back to our our no? GameStop thing. I don't, don't want to get to like. Well, I <laughs> no go back to it. There, there, it's there it okay. Is, I, I think actually there's a lot I'm of connections here. That's like what I'm saying. Sound, I mean, um, conspiracy theory ish. Like I, but I will say. I do believe some of the manipulation that takes place in the stock market by high profile hedges and individuals is in a way kind of like organized crime because they, a lot of them are buddy, buddy with each other. They're playing golf together, um, sitting on their gold plated yachts in the middle of the Atlantic ocean together, you know, where. Going back to the GameStop thing uh, the guy that uh, the hedge fund manager from Marvin Capital used to work at SAC with the, um, the hedge manager for 0.72, the Co- Cohen and then um, Citadel. They all used to work together. They were all implemented in um, uh, uh, what we call it manipulation. Uh, they were all found guilty of market manipulation at the same time.
1: I mean, isn't this why, but Bob, isn't this why, but the fact that they are found guilty, doesn't that show that there's a Securities and Exchange Commission they, that's they, keeping an eye on to them to make sure they're following the rules? Right. I mean, they have to disclose things. They they'll get caught at what, some point. made a mistake, um, and that's why. So happened, I
2: don't know. Where now they are at three different hedge funds and firms, and the example of that they still are buddy-buddy looking out for each other, working together, is that you had two of these give... Marvin Capital, two point something billion dollars. Who has two point something billion dollars sitting around? Where they're hey Jerry, uh, hey, mm-hmm. your car worked on, man. I got, I got, uh, I got a hundred thousand <laughs> so dollars to go buy a new Tesla if you wanna It's a no problem. Just <laughs> take it, right? I don't want any partial ownership. I your wish of your, head, your, your car, and that's this is what it was. Yeah. Donating non-owner money to the. Okay. I'm sorry. I so hear you, man. It, I, in a way... It's okay. I think organized crime has found its way of infiltrating our kind of um, our market mechanism. And it has hmm. developed over time. Okay. And I think this is exposes it.
1: Yeah. This is, we're going to see think, what happens but tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday. But and uh, it would be very interesting thing, to see I what happens with, with the, jury, this Reddit I mean, army. You
2: said before we went to break that I, I will say I agree with you on is that I the way that they are approaching this is bringing rise to people thinking that they can do this with everything single stock that's out there. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. work that way. There was a perfect storm that took place and that perfect storm could possibly take place, but now there's guardrails up, but with other stocks out there. And I think hedge funds are learning this. However, people need to realize that all of this disruption and chaos has a trickle-down effect because what happened is this hedge fund, in order to cover itself, now had to sell positions, long positions that it had in other things. We're talking about stuff like Apple, right? We're talking about stuff like Microsoft, mm-hmm. the thing, right? Fang, right. Right. So that is exactly why we saw all these mm-hmm. stocks start to take a dive because all of these hedge funds that had long positions. They had to sell their long position to cover their short. You see stock crashing, which then correlates over to the Dow, the S&P. So there is a... Your
0: 401k? Your 401k. Mm-hmm.
2: Massive ramifications. So this is the... Mm-hmm. Pensions, but this your is... Your pension system? ...where you... The machine has <laughs> the to work. M- the machine has to Great. work because it if it doesn't work, it's not, not going to work for everybody. Just like this... Because <laughs> You're going to have businesses that are going to lose value. They're going to start to go under because they have a reliance on their, their valuation. Right? So there is a trickle down effect with this that we have to be very careful of.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Let me throw out a few more of these and we can park on any of them. You guys, it's okay. We can park on any of them you guys want to, but they're kind of just, I just tried to pull out, you know, stuff that could help us as investors from this book. Uh, it said, if you don't know who you are, this being the market is an expensive place to find out. So, you know, no, know, know what you can mm-hmm. afford to do, know how much risk. I right, love that you one. Take. I love
0: that one. Um, it, it's, this is interesting. Isn't that cool? I mean, I've, if I've been know, on this journey. Yeah. I mean, I've been investing my entire professional life, you know? 20 30 years but i i i didn't really get into the short term investing until about 3 years ago and as i've gotten into it and learned things i've i'm starting to learn you know what what makes me comfortable and what does not make me comfortable as kind of we were speaking about uh you know bitcoin exposure and and different types of things so yeah i i think i'm more i'm more long term but uh i i do like to do some 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 trades and options and iron condors and things but th- the nice thing about those is that they are defined risk and you can set up exactly um ahead of time what you're what you're going to lose and you can manage your risk um to the level you're comfortable with so
1: it's awesome um this is, this is a good one for what happened last week. Uh, crowds and mobs form collective minds. An individual in a crowd has a feeling of invincibility. Don't spend your time in the crowd because the mind descends. The crowd is excessively emotional, impulsive, that's violent, that, and, and that's fickle. That's what's going to happen with GME. I, and <laughs> I think that's, yeah. but I think that's GME. Kind of cute. You <laughs> will
2: have people who for the, for some for the first time in their lives have come across a lot of money and to them it could be only like five thousand dollars two thousand dollars is a lot of money and they are taking that and as they do mm-hmm. that they are selling position back to the hedge funds which is then going to weaken the wall for this whole movement and i think these guys need to be mindful of that because where there are some some um hedge fund babies that are in this group that really are yolo don't even care that if they lost it all tomorrow, because that they will still have that money, and they've they've bled that over to, to everyday Joe's hmm. that maybe don't have a lot of money. And if this castle falls, what's that impact going to be to your family and you? On a lot of people,
1: you can blow up on a lot of people, man. That. Seriously, nothing against trading, yeah. nothing against investing, but know what you're doing. Um, strongest emotions you'll feel yeah. in the market are greed and fear. So be aware of those. Uh, I like this one, and this is this. Is, I mean, this is another thing because this is kind of. I think this shows the the rise of Robin Hood. Uh, the book said brokers are parasites, the most overpaid person there is. He doesn't make <laughs> shoes. He doesn't tell you the law. He just <laughs> takes orders True. and collects yeah, commissions. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll I'll leave you with this one. You know, these are just trying some of the gems that I tried to pull out of the book. But I just thought it was funny that it. It totally connected in so many ways with what happened last week because fundamentally markets didn't change, right? We have new technology, but we're still human beings trading things, okay, on a massive scale in a market. So maybe some things are different. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Um, but a stock is, for all practical purposes, a piece of paper or an electron that sits in a bank vault. Most likely, you'll never see it. It may or may not have intrinsic value. What is worth, what it is worth on any given day depends on a confluence of buyers and sellers. Yeah, we knew all that. So I don't know, guys. It's, a, it's, it's a great discussion we had. Um, yeah. and I think we really unpacked it. I mean, it's, there's a lot there and I like the way you guys boil it down, but I think we helped make sense yeah. of it. Uh, for each other, at least, and hopefully our audience. I mean, of, of what, you know, what do you guys, uh, got cooking next week? Anything, uh, uh on your agenda in terms of trading and investing? Uh,
0: for me, I don't have too many plans. I'm just going to kind of sit back and observe kind of what's, what's happening. I, I do have some, uh, some, some shares that I'll be watching. I mean, like I happen to just dumb luck have bought some silver. And now this army is talking about <laughs> pumping silver. So, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, me. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll watch silver and, and, and see what happens. I, 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 don't, I don't. I bought it initially as just a hedge for my long term portfolio. I thought, you know, maybe not it. Right. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And, and you know, silver. Use it in EVs, and it's not just a, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, looking at that, and then I did enter a trade that I'm a little bit regretting. Uh, I, I do have to mention XRT. Have, have you guys heard of XRT? I haven't done Besides it. Besides a but... great rock station, I haven't done that Chicago, one. <laughs> um, yeah. It's also the uh, Spider Retail ETF, uh-huh. and and so it's equal weighted uh-huh. retail. And guess guess what's in it? Hmm. GameStop. Wow. Yes. And and because equal weighted, <laughs> uh, when you know on a normal <laughs> Tuesday, the fund has uh, 1%, 2% in GameStop and, you know, 10 or 20 other. But what's happened is now GameStop is occupying 20% of that XRT fund, 20%. So I thought (laughs) it would be an interesting way, uh, a roundabout way to short GameStop um, out a few months in March and thinking that, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not going to blow XRT. I bought like the option, the call option that was the highest out of the money that I could possibly find out there and, and just sold it. For, and so I kind of regret it because I'm getting a little scared to be honest. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. That is so funny that you had sort of these connections to this whole situation. Cause I don't think I had any of these companies on my radar, and I wasn't even that's, I wasn't even thinking yeah. about GameStop yeah. or AMC. So I'll be
0: watching <laughs> that one real carefully. And Silver, yeah,
2: um, that's cool. So I've been. <clears throat> what about you, Bob? C, so CTRM, it's Castor Maritime. Um, this one is it's pretty it's a it's a penny stock and it's pretty low, but um, from what I understand, they just acquired uh, like some more transportation vessels and whatnot. So they're it's supposed to be an uptick in business and, and you know, maritime transportation. Um, so I was going to go in on that, dabble a little bit, and see what kind of comes out of it. Um, Microvision had a short, I want to say a short attack, but it was it was heavily shorted um, this past week. So M- MVIS, as you know, right? Um, I'm going to try to, yeah. It's this new, it's kind of this new thing. I've, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, (laughs) maybe we'll do a show. show, show We'll do a show about it. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) My mind Um, (laughs) bobbles. So what? what, (laughs) So it's heavily shorted. So I'm taking the opportunity to actually (laughs) reposition because they um, they've had a lot of good coverage and a lot of stuff is coming out with. uh, They're going to actually demo their solid state uh, lidar system that's kind of leveraging all of the technology that they've been able to, to create and the patents they have to bring something to market that is the smallest and most efficient or most effective solid-state LiDAR system. Um, and it, the rumors have been moving around about involving with Apple, acquiring the company and whatnot. And so this is kind of the big thing that a lot of the MBIS investors have really been waiting for So any opportunity that we have to reposition, you want to, um, and we just experienced that on Friday. So I'm looking to kind of do that Monday. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Man, I got to tell you guys, I actually do have a much clearer picture of what happened last week after talking with you. So this has been great. This has been, this has been really awesome. Uh, yeah, it's good talking with you guys. Um, thank you all out there for listening. Um, I'll leave you with one final thought. Uh, as we said in the top of the show, trading is not investing. You can always do both, <laughs> and you can also do Dogecoin. So have fun, everybody. Later. See you next week.
0: We are not financial professionals, and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only. We are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way. Our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with. This podcast does not represent the thoughts, intentions, plans, strategies of our employers. It only represents the opinions of the authors. If you need specific guidance on your own financial situation, please consult a financial fiduciary professional